tune in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 413 with Marco Altini. And in this clip, we have a little chat around what heart rate variability is and how you can maximize the quality of data you're getting with your coaches to enable you to make decisions based off the data. But just before we do dive into this episode with Marco, I wanna say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're looking for a free solution to be able to collect, analyze, visualize, and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. So when we're looking at measuring HRV, and this has been some of the work that you've done recently and you've published recently, optimal measuring conditions. Can you talk to us a little bit about what would make optimal measuring conditions and talking to the, uh, maybe give some context as well for that team sport coach who's working with multiple athletes and trying to navigate that scenario as well? Yeah, 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 that's not very easy. So first, I think we need to contextualize a bit what we are interested in measuring, right? So we talked about HRV as a measure of stress, and then there is a measure that is not really specific of a particular form of stress, but is very sensitive to all forms of stress. So that's why it can be useful because it gives us an idea of the response of the athlete um, to not only training, but also other stressors that they might be experiencing. It could be intercontinental travel, it could be getting sick, it could be any sort of thing that impacts your ability to train and perform. So just an overall marker. Now, if you want to look at this overall marker, uh, we cannot measure any random time of the day or the night because the autonomic nervous system is always continuously readjusting depending on the things we do. And a lot of these readjustments are transitory and irrelevant for our application of interest, which is to quantify this overall stress. So to quantify this, um, let's say, baseline stress, stress level, that is what results from the most impactful stressors and not just from any useless transition, like you know having coffee or eating something or walking up the stairs. Like We don't care about these changes. We care about your state um, at rest as a result of the past few days, for example, of stressors and cumulative stressors, the strong ones that have a real impact on you. Now, to get a snapshot of that, we have basically two moments in which we can take a measurement that are not impacted by all these other transitory stressors that would just confound the data and make it not particularly meaningful. And these two moments would be either we measure during the entire night or we measure first thing in the morning when you wake up. So if you measure first thing in the morning, I think we are used to do that also for other parameters sometimes, maybe even just body weight or blood pressure or whatever it is. It's a standard condition that you can try to reproduce every day. You do that before having breakfast or having coffee or exercising. So before all of these stressors have transitory impact on your physiology, as soon as you wake up, you take your device or your phone and you take your measurement. And that is a reliable snapshot of your resting physiology. The alternative would be the night when you're sleeping. In the night, it is important to use a device that is providing you with the entire night of data or at least four or five hours. Because if we look at just a few minutes, like some devices do, some also very popular ones like the Apple Watch, it's a device that is not really been designed for this. Later, they added the feature, but still they provide a few data points per night and they can be all over the place because there are changes in autonomic nervous system activity also 
tightly coupled with sleep stages, for example, and sleep stages happen any night at different times, right? So if one night the device is sampling that you are in deep sleep and one night it's sampling that you are in REM sleep, there is going to be a very large difference that has nothing to do with your baseline stress level, but just with the fact that you were in a different sleep stage. So this is simply to say that we cannot rely on just data points collected every few hours throughout the night or at different decontextualized time points. We need to use the full, the full night of data and average that to get a good snapshot. And at this stage, both Aura and Whoop have changed the way they work so that it is working that way. So they all provide the night, the average of the night, so that it's actually um, uh, very similar data between the two devices. Similarly, Garmin now started developing and uh, releasing some, um, yeah, on some of their watches, the same feature, and this also provides the full night. So all of these now provide the same data because they use the same technique. They don't use different methods like they were using until last year when they were at a slightly different method that was also a bit more noisy. So now I think these on all, all of them are, are pretty good for, for this type of assessment if we want to use it in the night and not in the morning. Now, there are some differences in there. Some are, are of course, practical. There are different costs if you wear a device and if you just have a phone or if you just have a sensor uh, that you pay once as opposed to a subscription. At the same time, there are other practical reasons. For example, in some cases, it might be harder to take a morning measurement because maybe um, you work with athletes and it's not that they want to use this. You are telling them to use it and then they just might forget. It's a bit different from the situations in which and endurance athletes decide to use this technology and they will just do it every morning because it was their choice, let's say. So it can, it, it can differ. And in that case, maybe a night uh, device to measure in the night, like a ring or a, a whoop band or whatever, can provide you with that data with, uh, of course, less effort from, uh, from the person that is collecting it. So typically in team settings, when we work with with teams, we have a mixed setup where some players maybe use the app and then measure just with that. The ones that remember or that are more into it, the others maybe just uh, have a device like an ordering and then they link it to HRV for training and then the coach would get the data that way. It is important to just pick a method and use that one consistently though, because you cannot one day use the night data and one day the morning data because there are differences you are measuring at a different time. If you measure in the morning, it is later. So you measure after the restorative effect of sleep. You measure after the stressors have happened. For example, let's say you play in the in the evening, then the night data will be more impacted by the game simply because it's earlier. So it's likely that you have a suppression. It does not really mean that you have not recovered. It's just that you're measuring very close to the source of the stressor. So the interpretation of the data also needs to account for when you are measuring because there are some differences in there in which maybe a morning measurement might be optimal, but a night measurement might be more practical and therefore you still use it, but then you are less reactive when there are changes. You see a suppression just because there is a late stressor, you wait another day to see that, for example, things go back to normal and then you have nothing to worry about and things like that. I'm going to take this opportunity to ask this for, for, to someone who's kind of on the inside of this type of industry. Is there much collaboration 
when it comes to the, the, the kind of two big ones that we're talking about, Whoop and Aurana, he said they're kind of aligned aligned with the way they measure HRV. Is that just them reacting to research and being on the kind of the same page? Or is there actual some sort of communication going on? I think that it's simply, um, it was inevitable is the fact that not doing it this way, it would be incorrect both physiologically and technologically. So not using the full night is physiologically wrong because there is a change during the night due to the circadian rhythm and due to sleep stages. So autonomic nervous, okay, we are unconscious and you think, okay, it's a best moment to measure because I'm sleeping. But while you are unconscious, the autonomic nervous system is very active. So as I was saying earlier, if you just use a few minutes, then it's going to just be very noisy data. So I think that Whoop tried something differently. Maybe they generally thought that that was a good idea to just use five minutes uh, of deep sleep. That was what they were doing before. And then uh, it was clear from the evidence and also research studies that had looked at that, that they were really off. Like they were missing this moment. And even if you are accurately detecting it, uh, you are still just looking at five minutes. Then the other problem is that the, the technology just cannot detect the sleep stages accurately, right? We can measure heart rate and HRV, uh, but sleep stages are estimated by autonomic nervous system activity again. So changes in HRV, changes in temperature, movement a bit. We try to come up with sleep stages and the accuracy is not too bad, but it's also not great, right? There are obvious limitations there to the point that when you isolate five minutes, you cannot be certain that that is a certain sleep stage, right? It is maybe more likely that it is a certain sleep stage and not another one that you cannot be certain. So due to all these limitations in, I think, how the physiology works and the technology that we use, it was not possible to just use an approach that is not averaging the whole night. So eventually, I think the field converged towards that. Um, yeah, I don't think there is much, uh, probably much conversation going on, but still, uh, regardless, I think, uh, it's very good for the industry that we arrived at this stage and you can see this also in how the data is interpreted, then it differs greatly. And maybe later we can talk about that because I think it's really important when people use these tools. Um, one thing is to talk about the raw data and the HRV that is being measured and to say that that is accurate. And another thing is to look at whatever readiness or recovery scores are built on top of that, how that information is used. And there indeed the discrepancies are, are obvious. I think um, a good way to look at this at wearables in general is to look at these metrics and see in which ones they agree and in which ones they don't. So the ones where they agree typically are the ones you can rely on because it does not make any sense that you use different sensors and the data is, is completely different. So if you look at heart rate and HRV and maybe temperature, these kind of things, you will see that they are very similar across devices. But then if you look at sleep stages or readiness or recovery, then they are all over the place. So I think you know already which one you can trust and which one maybe um, a bit less. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. If you, so if you want to listen to the full episode with Marco, it's episode number 413, and you can check it out on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.